Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Monkey tennis? It's knowing me, knowing you, with Alan Partridge. And Christ. Monkey tennis? Please, please don't take my chat away from me. The crackers are Monkey tennis. My house is open. My mock-up house. Monkey tennis. That is, that is a very nice action. Oh, pardon. Monkey tennis. 300k. 300k. All we take is a sky. Three years ago, hobnobs were probably the number one biscuit. A ho ho ho! Monkey tennis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Charles Cinema in London's glamorous Leicester Square, and. To Monkey Tennis Live, in which four idiots discuss, dissect, and celebrate Alan's Christmas special, Knowing Me, Knowing Yule, approximately three weeks before it's appropriate to do so. Later, we'll also be welcoming to the stage Simon Greenall, Polymath, Actor, Meerkat, and most importantly, Michael. A lot has happened since we were here last year looking at Alpha Papa. Armando Inucci has released his most successful movie to date in the form of The Death of Stalin. Steve Coogan has won a BAFTA for Scissor Isle. And we've watched our listener numbers gradually decline week on week. <laughs> that said, word has got around since we topped the iTunes chart that we're the go-to podcasters for professional, masterful broadcasting and crisp, clear pronunciation, as you're about to hear. Greetings, Alan aficionados and Lynn lovers, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Sorry, should I? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At Swole, Swole, Swollen Danube. Swole, I should have read that before. Do you want to just start I? the whole? Yeah, I will. Yeah. 
Swollen Danube. 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 Isn't Daniel Danube? I don't know. It's Danube. It's the name of a river. Swollen, that, that, that's what it is. Yeah. Swollen Danube. What's a Danube? <laughs> Flatly, my dear. I don't give a Danube. I'm going to struggle to Danube. 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 No, but I think I'm going to laugh when I say it. Swollen Danube. No, you don't pronounce the B, surely. It's yeah, Dan- you do. What river do. is it? It's in... And staying on a knowing me, knowing you tip, we've got a tweet from at Swollen Danube. <laughs> 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 I wasn't Sorry. On another knowing me, knowing you tip, we had a message on Twitter. Who um, from? <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, audience, please make some noise. And Alexa, please play pre-recorded applause tape as we welcome the hosts of Monkey Tennis. And welcome to Monkey Tennis Live. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Please don't take my chat away from me. Nick Older. We had great times in the Vauxhall Labrador. And Tom Stab. 300k, and we take it to Sky. So, it's like we rehearsed. <laughs> so, we have a bit. we're here to talk all about Knowing Me, Knowing You, Alan's festive special, which, to be fair, a date like this is about three weeks too soon, as we said. But, let's plough on. Where is Alan at this stage in his life? He's not, not, he's not, not a great creek. place. Yeah, well, he, it's not a great place. We last saw him shooting a man live on air. Live on air, yeah. Um, yep. So that, that's where he's at. So this should go fine, right? This should be okay. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, as they explained, the only reason this special uh, comes about is because of a contractual obligation, which I think in real life, when you kill a man, it's Pro- over. Probably wouldn't have happened. No, isn't it? I've got a little quote from I Partridge that adds a bit more to this. He says, uh, And with an internal inquiry into the regrettable death of Forbes McAllister still ongoing, I had yet to be deemed culpable of anything. <laughs> that, so it's all fine. It's all fine. It seems fair. Um, so should we give the, the genuine context of this is this Christmas special aired on the 29th of December 1995. Uh, and as you can see, it actually was recorded on the 19th of November 1995. So not too far away from here, bar 22 years. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the Allen universe, as we like to call it, that is... That all ties in. So he also wrote an eye partridge. Uh, Carol had left on Christmas Eve, 1995. Knowing me, knowing you all was to be broadcast five days later. And you think, why would you have a Christmas special five days after Christmas? It doesn't. Re- it seems a bit odd. That's Do you, a good point, w- actually. I don't suppose there's any uh, there's any sort of credence to the rumour that it was meant to be around Christmas, but then Carol left him on Christmas Eve, and suddenly, boo hoo, he's had to uh, postpone it a little bit. I don't think the I BBC worked like that, to be honest no, with you. Fair enough. The schedules are done very far in advance. Fair enough. I thought they've buried it, haven't they? They've, they've buried it in the listings. Yep. So does this mean that Carol potentially has had a wonderful, warm and uh, and well-filled Christmas with her narcissistic sports pimp lover? <laughs> you, you, can, you can only assume so. Yeah. Yeah, yes. If Alan's had the worst Christmas ever, we can assume she's had the best Christmas Lots ever. Lots of uh, yellow stuff in tins for his Christmas. Yeah, yeah exactly. That makes sense. Uh, and would you like some real-life context around this? Setting More the scene, than anything. Yeah, setting the scene of 1995... 
At the time this show originally aired, the number one single was Michael Jackson Earth Song. Banger. The number one album was by Robson and Jerome. And the number one film at the box office was Ace Ventura at One Nature Calls. Oh, that's three out of three, isn't yeah, it? I know. It's, <laughs> all, it's all gold, isn't it? It's all great. Yeah. Something for everyone. Um, so, uh, the DVD menu, that's always a good place to start. Um, <laughs> not if I only watched it on Netflix, it's not. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that later. Yeah. yeah. Let me explain it to you. It features an uh, excerpt of Hucknall looped, so if you want endless Mick Hucknall. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Well, we'll probably uh, talk about him in a bit as well. Alan has a festive hat and snow superimposed on him, and the instruction to hit the play on the episode just says, play Yule. Yeah, Great. it's good. It really it's is good. the start of Christmas. Fuck Starbucks cups. Fuck John Lewis adverts. <laughs> this when is you it. Press play on so Yule. you're saying Christmas Start. starts now, starts today, literally now. Yeah. Why We've you officially started Christmas. Crackers? Yeah. Um, so just the, the other note to add to this. So what you see on the screen here, that is a genuine invitation to the uh, be in the audience for when this is filmed. And it was filmed at Teddington Studios. Uh, minor point of uh, geeky interest. Uh, the rest of knowing me, knowing you, was filmed at. TV centre, so where the BBC is, but this was filmed at Teddington, so that is different. Just a minor point of geeky interest. Just a minor point of, <laughs> just a minor yeah, point yeah, of yeah. geeky interest. Good knowledge. Some people oh. will care. Some people will. <laughs> what? <laughs> not, not you, I'm taking it. Yeah. What were we doing in 1995? Should we cover that? <sighs> yeah. Uh, being at school? Yeah, I think I was probably I mean, at school. I don't have anything else apart from that. I mean, much like down. Alan, this was very much my tie and blazer badge combination years, going to a grammar <laughs> yeah. school in Torquay, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Very similar in a lot of ways. You know? I mean, did you have anything of no, interest? I just, I just no, thought okay. there might be something interesting to find out. But he never does. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, yeah, should we... Uh, let's crack into Let's crack into it. Let's yep. do this. It's off to a touching start outside BBC <laughs> yeah. TV centre where uh, a nervous choir boy is singing the theme until Alan interjects with aha, instilled with Christmas spirit. I think as, as, at this point as well, is it worth touching on the distinctions between uh, the versions? Because yes. uh, I've only watched the Netflix version. Explain. Uh, same. Same for Stab. Yep. But Adam and Tom, you've seen the DVD version, which is critically different. Yeah, because, yes. because we're considerably older. <laughs> <laughs> that critical difference is that this scene does not happen in the Netflix yeah. version. So I think we worked out there's about five or six minutes that yeah, don't exist that. on the Netflix version. Yeah. You're very much choir boy deficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Just to go back to my minor point of geekiness earlier, the fact being it was filmed at Teddington, but look, he's outside TV centre there. That's a lie. You can't Tom's believe bomb. everything you see on TV. <laughs> Unbelievable. And in this, this is only a short intro sequence, and in this, uh, Alan talks about some of the meanings of Christmas. Uh, he lists things like oh, a scared yeah. animal, an orphan being in a shed, or a gypsy stealing food. Yeah. Alan's got an interesting take on Christmas, you've <laughs> no, got to be that's honest. That's fir the first laugh of the episode as well. Yeah, things that Christmas is. Yeah. Little Robin Redbreast petrified by the wind, an orphan in a blanket being helped into a shed. <laughs> Doesn't okay. sound good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, a snowman whose nose carrot has been stolen is subsequently eaten by a gypsy thief. Nose carrot. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, me, Stanley, three stunning hostesses, some Santa chats, and quality poultry. Uh, now that that sounds get better. That sounds like the sort of TV <laughs> I'd, ar I'd argue you don't get all of those, do you? And the quality, mm, no, no. the quality poultry spoiler alert ends up being plunged into two people's faces. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that's much of a spoiler, then I think this whole thing is going to be a bit disappointing if people haven't. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen it, why are you here? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't what, question that. One now. thing I did notice about the choir boy is that he's shit. Um, like, if, you really? listen, if you listen to him trying to sing Knowing Me, Knowing You, for, for starters, he says laha instead of aha, which is a cardinal sin in Partridge Universe. Well, I mean, I, I feel like you're being a bit hard on that. Well, he's he, only a young lad. Yeah, you know, not anymore. He's probably, he probably beat me up I mean, now. Um, <laughs> he well, also says there is a thing we can do. There is nothing we can do. It's Abba for God's sake. <laughs> He's ruined Christmas and we're only two minutes in. But but where's my card? Oh, 
<laughs> is that's is the that, joke. Is that the joke? <laughs> it might be the joke. <laughs> we we so say this so much. This now is that a problem. It's, it's split opinion, this. but uh, yeah. Who has no. six minutes on that's the joke to be uh, <laughs> to be played? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're being a bit hard on him. I mean. But to, to be honest, I mean, I was never a choir boy at school or anything. And I, my opening question to the group, I was wondering, has anybody uh, ever been a choir boy or anything like that? I mean, no, nope, not even not outside the odd uh, your Christmas carols. No, no, no. no. Uh, well, uh, interestingly, oh, I've done a bit of digging, and uh, you might be wondering, who's that young chap in the middle there? Fuck. Oh, who's that? You you, I wonder who that could be. Should we uh, should we zoom in a bit? Should we zoom into that? Let's. Oh, oh look at that. It's our very own Tom Snap. Look, look, look at him with his with his off the shoulder look, like a motherfucking. Uh, very cool. <laughs> Cassock is the uh, correct technical term. I think you'll find, and uh, that is hanging off my shoulder like a gangster. I wouldn't know. I wasn't a choir boy. <laughs> what age were you in that photo? Out of interest. Say again. What age were you in that photo? Oh, I would have been about eight, I reckon. Eight How long did you stick at the yeah. uh, choir game for? So I was about 13, 14. So thanks, Mum and Dad, for sending that in. I didn't know that was going to happen. Brilliant. Well done. Not a problem. <laughs> thanks Anytime. for dropping me right Anytime. in. Appreciated. Okay, should we, should we move back into Alan now again? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, we're on to the credits at this point. <laughs> oh, we, we skipped past the credits on the screen behind us. So the uh, the theme is Christmas up as the credits roll. It's basically, well, it's more or less the, the, the theme of the uh, Knowing Me Knowing You, isn't it? Until the very end yeah. when they just... Heap a load of digital snow a load on of it snow. and hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's obviously the seasonal addition to the theme tune that we all heard uh, as we came in. Tonight. I mean, on paper, there's no reason why it shouldn't work. The template was popular. There was, uh, you know, special guests. It's Christmas. Yep. Everything was laid out perfectly to go to plan. But brace yourself for the fact that <laughs> it might not. Uh, Armando Inucci on the commentary claims that the uh, the fake snow that was at the start of this episode cost 50 grand. So I checked... What? I know. That's bullshit. I checked with someone who worked on Christmas commercials, including one with a lot of fake snow in it, and uh, you're looking at about 500 quid a day if you want a winter wonderland in your own home. Okay. Uh, and so ha- yeah, I mean, they probably needed them for one day. So Exactly. He's lied. He's yeah, lied to us lies. on the commentary there. Um, so, well, yeah, we're kind of... Uh, we've got Alan's bracing intro here uh, as he comes through the uh, the door of his mock-up house. And... Uh, he can't stress that enough, and he will go on to stress. Well, it's, did, it did, really anybody, did anybody make a note of how many times he refers to his mock-up house? Ooh, no. No. He mentions it seven times right. in a few different permutations. <laughs> Reasonable. That's an average of about once every five minutes. Yeah. So just to make sure that you, you also, know what you're getting. It's a running theme of Alan, isn't it? That accuracy is key above all else. Yeah. Like He would have a nice little show here if you just explained to people, you know, this is my house, here we go. But no, he has to tell you it's yeah. mock-up. He also has to say it's fake snow, a polyurethane composite, rather than just yep. letting the illusion of Christmas <laughs> wash over you. Has to stress that. And all the guests did, on the screen there. Did anyone clock as well what um, weapon he uh, sort of mimes as his... Uh, oh yes, his Assault on the audience yeah. in this episode is archery. Yeah, uh, we've previously seen grenades. I think rocket launchers, etc. Yeah. So it goes up and down in its yeah. uh, ferociousness. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, and at this point, he starts to run down the guests, does he not? Oh, uh, it's probably worth mentioning as well. The, the opening puns in this show are chatalog and chategorically. Quite good. So yeah, du- double pun. Double yep, pun yep. for the Christmas special, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, so yeah, he basically he, he runs down a list of guests, um, and at the end is the uh, the bombshell that Mick Hucknall is going to be on the show. The now, star guest. I've, I remember seeing this for the first time and, tr- uh, and treating that with uh, a lot of cynicism after being promised Roger Moore uh, <laughs> and, and, and during an afternoon with Alan Partridge, Sue Cook, both of which failed to appear. So, no, well, uh, Sue Cook did the same thing to us, didn't she? She did. Year? Yeah, Sue Cook stood yeah. us up this time last year. <laughs> but, uh, she's, she sent us Thanks, a very Sue. nice letter, which you can uh, listen to yeah, in the yeah, Alpha yeah. Papa special. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's Mick Hucknall is the only genuine real life person to appear in an Alan show like that, isn't he? Well, I think these are all real people. They're well, yes, actors. but I mean, okay, <laughs> Mick Hucknall appearing as himself yes. in that case, yes. Granted, granted. Um, yeah, anyone have anything uh, in particular on his rundown of the other guests? Uh, they're slightly unremarkable. I mean, a TV commissioner as a as a guest. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. choosing that to his own end. It's, like, it's yes. almost like he's got an ulterior motive for having yeah. Tony hairs on, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know about some of the extras that are behind him. So as you move on, there is a man sitting on the sofa behind him as he's introducing the uh, the guests on the show. And if we get to the slide yep, there, there is. Uh, it's that guy. Looks a little bit like Armando Iannucci, I thought. And then listening to the commentary, they all said the same thing. Uh, and it turns out that is actually the set designer's brother, and he's oh. chatting. Oh. To this series is casting director. Nice. There we go. So you do learn useful things in commentaries, mm. kind of. <laughs> uh, uh, I also thought it's um, it's worth noting that it takes just two minutes forty, and this is on the Netflix version. That's crucial for the words <laughs> child pornography to be used. <laughs> Very was good anyone, point. Was Very anyone good. else shocked by that? Merry Christmas, no. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, just a quick thing on the commentary. There's there's a lot of people who are obviously involved, acted in. Uh, there's, there's the guy who plays Glenn Ponder. There's Rebecca Front, Armando Nucci, and so on. Um, notably absent as he often is from uh, commentaries is Steve Coogan and the reason yeah. uh, the reason Armando gives for, for, for Alan not being there is that he's had to go home he's just found out he's got bats so, <laughs> yeah they give like a really random excuse on each episode because clearly he just couldn't be bothered to turn up to the commentary recording yeah not he, I mean he might have been too busy but I won't accept that not it's also bad. at this point that we find out that Alan's house was broken into over the six consecutive weeks <laughs> yes, yeah, that he yeah, was filming yeah, um, yeah. He, me knowing he you. was broken every broken single week into every week yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I did enjoy just, uh, you get a nice switching, so he he talks about that and basically threatens the burglars with violence, and then moves on to meet the bell ringers of Norwich Cathedral. Yeah, but crucially as well, it's not violence that he can enact, this no. is violence that he's paid yes. someone to yes. do on his behalf, which is quite a classic Alan thing to do. Yeah, yep, that's just hiring the mercenaries <laughs> exactly. when shit goes yeah, yeah. dirty work. That's Mike and Ted from Securacore. Can you remember the name of the two Alsatian dogs? Oh, it's Tintin and Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Should have known you would have that in yeah, your notes. Absolutely. That was an absolute guarantee. There's yeah. no notes. <laughs> Blank screen here. Yeah. Um, so popping on to is the next slide is uh, one of the key guests throughout the episode. Mary, I believe Mary. Yep, there, there she, she is. is. There she is. So yeah, I thought she basically dressed like Snow White, Disney Snow White there. Um, so yeah, uh, Ma- Mary talks to Alan about 
the birth of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, and Alan just responds, fair enough. He does, yeah. not, he does not give a shit no. about the religious aspect behind Christmas whatsoever, yeah. which she, is quite evident. She's really pushing the, uh, the religion angle. Yeah. I say angle, religion angle. It's unfair. It's Christmas after all. But um, she's really pushing that throughout the episode, and he's very resistant, isn't he? Well, to be fair to him, she has derailed that conversation slightly, even though he, ha- he feels the need to say, you know, keep it light. That yeah. is a fair thing to say. Like, you wouldn't want to take the conversation down that route, surely. Well, not within the first three minutes of the exactly. show. <laughs> not, she's yeah. already gone on, gone on about religion. Well, she's <laughs> mentioned child pornography yeah. who's invited this person she's yeah. top pushing your Christ agenda on this show yeah. I mean arguably that's Petri Productions failing if anything yeah. they've Good invited point. bad guests point, so yeah. he's only got himself yeah. to blame uh, so in his attempt to uh, to try and get her back on track he says you know keep it like this is have you seen Noel's house party this, this is a lot like that so uh, that's very much the basis for this yeah so what I thought it was interesting at this point I think you could argue that Alan very much aspires to be a Noel Edmonds level of entertainer which I know sounds ridiculous these days um, but then I thought if you get back to kind of nomad era so the kind of most recent bit of partridge we've had he d- <laughs> he describes as edmunds as a total wazzock of a guy so i thought at what point does it all go wrong there um so another question oh hang on what's this yeah. this is uh, a, this is a spoiler well we've jumped ahead a little bit here but hey another hey. question to the group which <laughs> i think we know the answer has anyone ever appeared on uh, Noel's House Party in any form? I no, I have uh, not appeared on I Noel's mean, House Party. I mean, I know I haven't. Nick, have you? I, you I have absolute not. Absolute barrel of pricks. <laughs> well, there we go. I've done a bit of digging. So we've got a wazzock on the left, and the, I wonder who that young chap circled on the right might be. I think we need a zoom. Should we zoom in? There he is. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, our very own nice. Adam Brooks, as seen on Noel's House Party. Oh. I used to grow hair back then. Uh, Adam, do you want to describe it? Do you want to talk us oh, through what was going on there? What, what was the feature know. you were on? Because yeah. I reckon uh, people that watched it in the 90s the will remember. Was on was uh, wait till I get you home where they basically sinister get, they basically <laughs> grow yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, in that day and age as well it's a, it's about to get a whole lot worse <laughs> um, so they basically they ask you questions about your parents and then you grass your parents up and then they sort of ask them if it, what what they think you said and then you get a load of prizes or not based on that what prizes did you get actually oh, I don't think were, I know they, the were, they were not the cream of the crop I got an, <laughs> I, I got an ice cream maker I got a, a Noel Edmonds Ooh. garden gnome Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, a cow butter dish. Uh, yeah, and I got a set of oil paints. But the <laughs> no, no child wants oil paints, surely. There were two things about this experience that were very disillusioning. One is that the guy after me basically grasped his parents up for having a sex tape under their bed. And that <laughs> what? Amazing. As a yeah. reminder, this used to go out on BBC One in the 90s to about 18 million people. So uh, uh, Well, I, I, I have a raided Wikipedia facts uh, archive here. Before you get to that. <laughs> so we can get to that, the, yeah. m- the most crushing thing about being on Noel's house party was I was at one point handed a signed photo of Mr Blobby and uh, <laughs> firstly I'm worried about this we've also Mr Blobby's hands where's the dexterity required <laughs> to grasp a pencil and sign your name in font about this big and Very good also, point. they'd also embellished it with a handprint which was probably about the size of the top of this bottle of water so uh, <laughs> I don't know who he's got doing his dirty him? work but no I didn't know didn't I, he, wasn't get to in, meet Blobby. he wasn't, he just, wasn't in just my segment yeah. where did he have crinkly bottom well if you want that's if, got a bit of a sinister sound to it as well, <laughs> you're listening to the Noel's House Party podcast <laughs> If you really want to meet, if you really wanted to meet Mr. Blobby, you could just go to the uh, the Crinkly Bottom theme park, which apparently nobody did. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah, quite yeah. good. Uh, I'll just run through, uh, through some quick house party facts. There were 166 episodes and 17 specials, but only one that mattered. Yep. But get this, it was axed in March 1999 after ratings plummeted from 15 million to 8 million. Do you want to know? And what like any TV show, would kill to have yeah. 8 million these days. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. insane. Do you want to yeah. know what Noel Edmonds blamed that drop in ratings on? Brexit. No. 
even more strangely, Ronan Keating. Uh, <laughs> like because, a slice hey, of context with that. Because uh, Ronan had a show that was uh, that was preceded Noel's house party, and uh, and Edmund's opinion was that it was such a disaster that people didn't stick around for him afterwards. Was it the Ronan Keating show? Uh, is that what it was called? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I can't admit. I'd imagine so, but I can't say I've ever seen it. Okay, well, there we go. Um, also, a couple of facts. It won a BAFTA Noel's house party. <laughs> it's still on at different times. I'm, so not, I'm not saying I was entirely responsible. but um, And also, uh, Gotchas, if anyone remembers got the Gotcha section of the show, yeah. well, they were, according to Wikipedia, originally called Gotcha Oscars until legal action from the Academy of Motion Picture <laughs> Arts and Sciences. Brilliant. That, that's pure partridge, isn't that it? Is very that, partridge. Is, that is Love perfect. It, yeah. yeah, brilliant. Um, so continuing, because uh, we're kind of still only at the introduction of the episode, really. So um, Alan meets Glenn at this, uh, talks uh, through yeah, Glenn yeah. Ponder and Andy yeah. at this point, and describes. I think he describes Glenn as having fingers like a centipede. Which I thought yeah. was quite an odd description. Yeah. Um, and there's also the bit of chat about he um, he going on to talk about he was playing Mortal Kombat yep. uh, over Christmas. Now we we've had a few messages from one of our listeners, Michael Brennan, suggesting that's an error in the story because Alan says he was playing Mortal Kombat with his nephew. So question to the group: uh, Is Michael right? Does that mean it's an error? Is that Alan being an unreliable narrator because, as far as we're aware, he's an only child, but maybe he's not, or? Is it just that it's a sibling of Carol's and Alan's never mentioned it before? Which one do we think that is? He's embellishing for a joke, isn't he? I think that's the joke. Yeah, there that's we go. The that's joke. The joke. I there think it's go. fine. There we go. So, there we go. Just Michael Brennan has messaged us about three times about that, so I thought we should... Uh, he is clearly adamant. Up, Michael. Unless he's here tonight. Is he here tonight? Emailing us. Oh, he's not adamant <laughs> enough to buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah, no, just, just email. Yeah, um, he, yeah he, it's, it's a well-rehearsed routine, isn't it, where Ali, Alan says, oh, it was very pleasant, apart from on Boxing Day, when I cut a man's head off and put it on a spike. Yeah. And Glenn says, really, Alan? Yes, I was playing Mortal Kombat on my nephew's video game. Yes. <laughs> and also, Glenn's really hamming that up, that really, Alan, he almost looks at the camera at that point as well, which I thought was um, quite funny. There might be some Mortal Kombat experts here. I don't know. It's not for me to say. But um, <laughs> I, I looked up, I did a bit of research, and I couldn't find a, a move where you can impale a head on a spike. I found one where you can impale the body. I found one where you can tear the head off, but no... Uh, no Head and pelling on spike. It's an amalgamation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the joke. He just doesn't. He can't remember what he did. He's got no we'll idea. We'll never know. Really, is um, We come at this point to the first attempt to shoehorn in product placement for Rover. Yes. <laughs> that was. Uh, so Alan says that's what he received for Christmas, doesn't he? Yeah. I was. I was, inter- there was. Sadly, there was nothing in the commentary about this, but I was interested how they got around that with the BBC in real life, because obviously Rover is a product. They oh, are yeah. promoting it one way or another. Yeah, I it's it's genuine product placement, yeah. but I guess because it's within the context of that's the joke, it's fine. Yeah, okay. It's, it's interesting that obviously Tony Hayes uh, takes uh, issue, and rightly so, with product placement. Um, and this was obviously in 1995, when I imagine product placement was a bit of a, an alien concept. In 2017, I'm sure we'll all appreciate, though, that it's a very much a real thing. So I thought, um, I've done a bit of research as well. <gasps> what? what? I know. You normally don't do anything. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but uh, this Stunts is what shocked silence. <laughs> this is what ITV in 2017 defined product placement as. Product placement is where we integrate a brand into the narrative or environment of a program. This offers a truly unique marketing opportunity as products are showcased within natural settings, more relatable to viewers. That's mainly you. Um, and in turn, uh, providing inspiration or in some cases validation for purchase choices to really make your brand stick in a viewer's mind. It's best to make product placement part of an overall marketing communication strategy. That's yeah, product placement in 2017. I yes. feel, I it's, feel now, it's now legal and allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel quite dirty just hearing that. Yeah, but uh, thankfully, this delicious Radnor Spring water is <laughs> <laughs> to uh, rinse it away. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, he's talking to Glenn and Andy about their Christmas plans. Uh, Andy is obviously Glenn's partner, which yeah, Alan is visibly runkled <laughs> and uncomfortable yeah. about. He's not a fan, and in iPartridge, he claims he doesn't remember Andy's name as well quite a few times. I've yeah. got some very interesting stuff about the guy who played Andy, uh, if anyone's interested. Um, yeah. If anyone's heard our, our latest episode, you'll know that occasionally we get legally worried, and for a similar reason, I'm going to read this verbatim as it was on Wikipedia. Oh, God. In 1999, London-based radio station XFM was fined £50,000 by Ofcom, at the time, the largest fine levied by the authority, following complaints regarding the use of coarse sexual innuendo when discussing a bestial pornography video with a listener during the Tom Bins breakfast show. Parent company Capital Radio decided not to sack Bins, but in a meeting shortly after the fine was issued, the radio authority made it clear to Capital Radio that this would negatively affect the decision to renew the XFM licence. T- it doesn't stop there. In December <laughs> so 2009, well. Bins was fired by BRMB by its owners after he cut short the Queen's Christmas message. The message was played into a show in error instead of the expected two-minute news bulletin. Bins joke Two words, boring. <laughs> he, he then went on. <laughs> I know, sackable offence. Well, and that didn't go down well. Mm. He then went on to joke that the British monarchy can't be as good for tourism as some people claim because the French executed theirs and people still visit France. Wow. <laughs> and you're telling me he's not on the airwaves anymore? <laughs> I mean, this sounds like radio gold to me, but uh, yeah, I don't know why. Would listen. Yeah. Would Harry listen. Harry Allen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the, the product placement discussion, uh, obviously, Boaster's Biscuits get quite a lot of mentions there, during it? this episode. Yeah. Although, then, well, Alan, that, as far as we're aware, that's not intentional product placement. But uh, So, obviously, we had some out in the bar whilst you guys were waiting to come in Not earlier. that easy to find, either. No, you had a bit of trouble tracking about. I've never actually eaten a Boaster's. I'd never eaten, until tonight, I'd never even eaten a Boaster's, I either. I still haven't. Maybe I'll yeah. get one if there's some. It's been a culinary nice. revelation for all of us. But did, uh, <laughs> did anybody look at the Boaster's Biscuit website? Because they do have one. <laughs> No, I mean, no. As if you wouldn't. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, I just liked. There's not much information on the website really? apart from there is really? a very, there is a very large uh, tagline across the screen that says, "Behold the buttery swagger of the boasters." <laughs> <laughs> it's a biscuit. That's mad. Anyway, not even a popular biscuit, is it? No. Well, until we bought 16 packets yesterday. So true. what you're saying is, you're saying that buttery swagger has not been earned. Yeah, okay. only available in Aldi as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually in Asda on the, on the rollback <laughs> Asda get in touch for a sponsorship there we go um, Alan introduces Yvette, Martine and Sam at this point his three Christmas crackers uh, it's getting co- a bit tabloidy at this point I think yeah it, well it, I mean yeah I mean they're just they're just, they're just three, three lovely ladies I guess there they are on screen three Christmas oh, yeah, crackers Alan would like to pull one of them yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think on the commentary they said at least one of them perhaps all of them uh, weren't uh, actually actresses but uh, but uh, on the commentary they were saying they do uh, do listening very well. That's <laughs> all they needed to do. There's potential yeah, there. That's, that's all they potential. needed to do. Um, and then we're into the Fanny Thomas era. Yes, not? played by uh, the actor Kevin the Eldon. Actor Kevin the Eldon. Actor Kevin yeah. Eldon. There he or she is. Yeah, a TV chef with a difference. Let's see what she is up to, as, as we're told. <laughs> in the uh, let's go to my kitchen, my mock-up kitchen, once again, uh, making <laughs> yeah, it... Yeah, no, I did think, so when, when you get over to the kitchen, you've kind of seen all of Alan's mock-up house. So, question to the group, what do we think of Alan's mock-up house? I mean, it's a lounge in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point, we only yeah, see so those two yeah, rooms. Yeah, well, maybe it's only two rooms, but I just yeah. thought it just, it just looks very 90s. Very 90s. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of dark wood and heavy patterns, and yeah. it looks... Pretty bad. He's got the fan of swords above the uh, fireplace, he does. doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a nice touch on the commentary where they're talking about uh, whether or not anyone on the commentary has previously played a member of the opposite sex or not. Um, and uh, I think it was Armando that said on the commentary that Steve was very proud of the centerfold that he did in the uh, in the book uh, when he was uh, acting as Pauline Calf. Uh, he said to him, "This this is a quote from Armando. He says,
says, those are my breasts. I just pushed them together. <laughs> nice. That's commitment. Uh, would you like to know what Alan said about Fanny Thomas in the... Well, this is in every ruddy word. So there's a picture... So that's the script book for all the Alan shows. Mm-hmm. There's a picture section in the middle. So there's a picture not too dissimilar from this in that book. And the caption underneath from Alan, written by Alan, reads, I've never really understood his slash her sort, but I recently saw Priscilla Queen of the Desert brilliant film and a real insight into why certain types of gay men uh, like to <laughs> certain types of gay men in makeup like to shout so much <laughs> Alan's words not, not ours yeah. crucial what a takeaway um, is it worth going through very quickly all of the Fanny Thomas innuendo that we enjoy in this episode god there's loads isn't there there is loads mm-hmm. uh, so there's uh Alan, you've caught me with my hand wrapped around an enormous chopper. Do you want stuffing? Yes, please. You don't look the type. More of that later. You'll be lucky. Don't talk with your <laughs> mouth full. Ooh, reminds me of my boyfriend last night. My spatula's stuck under my flapjack. I bet she takes down your particulars. There's nothing I love more than a hot spicy stuffing. Help me out by grasping this very firmly and giving the top a good hard tug. It's quite stiff. That's what they all say. Take a big fistful and give it a good stuffing. Further, right up to the neck. And finally, it's rude to point, Alan. Oh, I'm not talking about your finger. <laughs> what do you do for an encore? <laughs> I've actually got a couple of others. Got put a cork in it. I tried, but it doesn't help. Knock it on the head. I didn't know you were into the rough stuff and you pulled it out too soon oh, there we go. <laughs> I did put it out too soon there weren't enough uh, that's, that's, a, that's the filth. joke uh, well before we move on to uh, Tony Hayes my, uh, my residing question from the first appearance of Fanny Thomas in the show here is why does she eat an ice cream at the end of this bit yeah, of yeah she's chat? eating a cornetto isn't she yeah. for no apparent so reason it's the middle of November maybe it's, it's Christmas. Christmas maybe Kevin Eldon's demands were I just want a cornetto please and it's so like superficial as well because uh, Fanny says, "Oh, do you want to know what I'm what I'm cooking?" No, like, there isn't time. No, there isn't time. Like, <laughs> it's, it's they, spend so superficial. they spend all the time talking about the uh, the, the, the abbreviations. Yeah. yeah, and that they have to cut Zola Bud. Now, question: okay. Did anyone else have to Google Zola Bud? I think yes, I, might be I did. Like. And when I when I did, I felt a bit ashamed because yeah. uh, there's there's some, there's a lot of news and a lot of achievement in the uh, across the life. I think you might be Bud. showing our age there, maybe. Yeah, keep, I would, keep, I keep would, it light, Adam. Well, I, would, light. <laughs> I would say it's worth looking her up in your own time. But some highlights from her Wikipedia story include the following phrases: two junior world records, police supervised seven hour gun siege. Uh, on an, and finally, on an episode of Celebrity Come Dine With Me, Bud stated that to this day she has never seen footage of the collision. So wow. uh, you can fill in the gaps in your own time. <laughs> yeah, so, that leaves me with more questions than answers. Um, so should we move on to Tony Hairs? Hairs chat. <laughs> there there he is. Look at that. What a suit. So, yeah, I mean, that is the height of fashion in 1995 there, or arguably not. Uh, So my first note about this uh, scene was um, Alan has to move random people off the sofa to get this chat started. So in a real TV show, you would actually have floor managers to do this. So is that just Pear Tree Productions? They're cutting corners again. We don't need a floor manager. Alan can do it. It's just the worst way to start an interview. And then you have a man uh, awkwardly stood behind them, which uh, will be popping up on the screen behind us in a minute. Uh, and just in case you, there he is. Just in case you're not sure, what I'm talking about. Uh, I think there he is. Just, uh, just like, uh, <laughs> the lurker. Yeah. Like so he's he's behind them for the entire chat, kind of like just looking puzzledly at mince pies. It's ridiculous. Like that. Yeah. Exactly like that. So essentially, um, we've obviously discussed that Tony Hayes is a bit of an odd guest. Why would you have a commissioner? And essentially, why would you have your boss? Like, imagine interviewing your boss <laughs> on TV. It, it is what obviously. could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously. Sorry, I have a quick question. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon this is Alan's idea or it's Tony's idea to be on the show? 
Well, I think obviously Alan wants to use it as career advantage, but it could be trying to do a bit of a right to reply type thing where we've got one of the top BBC execs to talk about what the BBC is doing. He's so. new in the role, isn't he? So yeah. maybe it's a chance for him to kind of, um, you know, get in front of the public, talk yeah. about what his plans are for the BBC. And to be fair, Alan does kind of go down that route to begin with, although clearly makes it very much um, uh, about himself and um, attempts to... Well, it's all an excuse to beg for that well, immortal yeah, second series, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, Hayes shuts him down every step of the way, which is quite <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, and and I had another note that Alan just makes a fantastic, disgusted look to camera when they start talking about onanism or masturbation. He hates that. He's not a big fan of it. Yeah, and again, like... Well, I mean, the word, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but the, but at that point, like, the bell ringer or the, you know... the, the Mary. Gosh, Mary. Uh, has come uh, into the fold and again that's just like it's it's unprofessional it doesn't make any sense um, but he's doing it because Tony thinks it's a good yeah, idea yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. but he's not in control of the interview kind of Tony's leading it is he ever in control of the interview <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, read the masturbation bit um, there's a bit where Alan says <laughs> always uh, a sentence I like to hear <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's what the people are here for when Alan goes uh, well don't do it then there's a like there's a little twitch yeah, in Rebecca Front's it. mouth I don't know how she holds it together because that bit is brilliant mm. but one thing I did want to say is the audience the live audience a little bit jarring in this point because there is a woman who is laughing so loudly that oh, yeah, just, does it yeah. kind of jar with the with the live studio audience thing? I think I don't she know. gets it's mentioned on the commentary as well oh, does she? she sticks out to that yeah. 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 extent yeah, yeah. Um, um, just a, a quick thing about uh, David Schneider playing Tony Hayes. Um, uh, uh, post I'm Alan Partridge, uh, he's the longest running character uh, after Alan across all Alan material. Um, and David Schneider yeah. apparently begged to play him as a ghost in I'm Alan Partridge series two. <laughs> which, which, what? That's that's just what the commentary says. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we can the fact funny thing check is, that later. I've watched it with the commentary and somehow I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> that just passed me the by. Tony Hayes ghost. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, Tony seems very at home with, within Alan's concepts and tries to abbreviate "aha," much to uh, Alan's uh, disappointment and disgust. Yep. Um, yeah, and refers to the bell ringers to make a joke. And I started to think maybe he, he well, it seems like he understands how this show runs should run better than Alan really. Yeah, like, yeah. he's yeah. He, he would it's do, almost as though he knows how to make TV programmes, isn't it? As the chief yeah. engineer, good point. The good point. Uh, the other note I had for this scene is that uh, Alan refers to when the boat comes in as terrible, which I thought is the second time across Alan shows that he talks about that show Wendy and I actually in. had no idea what that was I don't know if anybody else had to Google that at all or if anyone thought to I didn't I, even I did, think sorry. to did you? Nope. No no so it, it, I'd never heard of it but it is a television period drama produced by the BBC between 76 and 81 about a First World War veteran who returns to his poverty-stricken hometown in the northeast of England, uh, which is obviously why Alan uses it as a reference point uh, to Michael the Geordie in I'm Alan Partridge uh, later on as well. Yes. But uh, yeah, I did in. not know anything about that. The back and forth of Tony Hairs is so awkward as well here, where yeah, he's sort brilliant. of playfully, but not so playfully, asking for the second series. Uh, decisions are made and unmade all the time. The decision is pending, <laughs> etc. It's torturous for poor Alan, isn't it? It's kind of torturous for everyone watching it, to be fair, as well <laughs> and even when like you know they talk about Christmas and what have you been up to uh, this Christmas Tony um, and to the point where uh, he obviously kind of you know says he doesn't go to midnight masks he's a Jew Alan is completely derailed by that comment <laughs> yeah. literally and just falls back on like you can just see his brain thinking Jews are good <laughs> thinking that that will kind of just that will smooth it over let's move on to the next thing and this isn't like they keep talking about religion and you know this is clearly not what they should be talking about um, where Alan starts um, you know uh, proclaiming that he knows what God is uh, we, <laughs> we all the, know one of the highlights we all know, know what God coming. is right yeah so apparently yeah, gas. Gas. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. not like Calagas <laughs> oh, oh god no it's not like it's not like Calagas um I've got something about questions of the group. Do you believe in God? Who is she? They, 
Well, we, it's, it's, a gas. Yeah. it's a gas. <laughs> it is a gas. It's a gas. Not going to get bogged down into that whole vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Christmas. Uh, at this point, there's someone at the door. Oh, so could that be? Uh, and uh, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps only because uh, Alan's been calling into his head mic for Santa for about ten seconds before <laughs> the doorbell rings. Uh, and then he's, like, oh, let's see who it is. And uh, so Santa, for, for starters, massively overdoes the ho ho hos. Uh, ten seconds in, he's identified himself as a shit Santa. Um, <laughs> and he also, uh, I think he he's he identifies himself as Mike Taylor of the Norfolk Rover Dealer Network. Now. This is problematic for a lot of reasons. I'm not saying that this is a show made for children to watch, but if you come on a Santa and immediately say that you're the head of a Rover dealership, that's destroying Christmas for a lot of kids. Isn't it? It's a very so, good point. Although they, they should probably be in bed at this time, whenever this TX. Yeah, that's very I true. I do think though, like for all his you know failings, Mike had energy, enthusiasm, and optimism. It. Yeah, and I, I actually thought he was one of the better things about the show. To be honest, did he make you believe in Santa? Although this Mike, bit is yeah. this bit is a little bit weak. I think it's mostly there just obviously for the. Set up for later, really, isn't it? To yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, you've got this section. So, um, Alan kind of introduces a few other background guests after this happens. Um, so, he mentions his local WPC, and then Fanny makes a joke. I bet she takes down your particulars. <laughs> so I thought. So Alan responds to that, saying that's tiresome. But yet he actually uses that line himself in I'm Alan Partridge <laughs> series two when he's hosting <laughs> Crash Bang Wallop What a video. <laughs> he's, so he's, he's gone. That's tiresome. I'm actually gonna. He's got. Gonna he's use got that. previous, hasn't he? In yeah. terms of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hearing things from other people being nonplussed and then using them to impress others there's that yeah. whole thing in Iron yeah. Man and Partridge about Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster there's a bit where um, I think it's in Alpha Papa where Lynn uh, quotes from the Bible and then Alan uses it later yeah, yeah. He's, he's often you know he uses cherry the picking knowledge Michael teaches him like the move and fire and move and fire bit that he repurposes for an afternoon with Alan get Partridge and, and Sue Cook yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, question I had though was how did she get an invite though he says at the very beginning of the show that he was broken in two six times she so should be patrolling she outside of Johnny House <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. Um, and then we also meet Alan's driver, um, who he is. you can see behind us on the screen there. Uh, obviously, a bit of an Alan clone. He's listed simply as Alan 2 in the script. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even bother thinking of a surname or anything like that. Um, and yeah, I just thought, you know, obviously, I know this is the joke. He's dressed exactly like Alan would be. Um, and then we move on to Alan's 36 inch TV. Because you've got the lovely Queen Anne cabinet. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just thought it looks so dated when you see that. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah. a lovely visual gag, though, this yeah. where he goes to put on uh, put on a video of Christmas in Norwich and you see he's still jamming it into the VCR <laughs> yeah. when, trying to get when the clip starts playing. <laughs> yeah. Lovely bit. Um, and then we're on to uh, the Christmas in Norwich. Christmas in Norwich. Norwich. City, City of Mustard, as we're and, immediately and reminded. City of Mustard and shoes and also amazing running gear there. So um, I thought... Before we delve into the Christmas in Norwich section, which is one of my favourite bits of the show. Oh, yes. Um, question to the group. Has anyone ever been to Norwich? I haven't even visited, to be honest. So I have. It's very nice. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Can't say I have, I'm afraid. Uh, I have been to uh, Norwich, yes. And uh, what did you... What, what went on? I, I went on, uh, an, I think we've talked about it before on the podcast, but I went on an Alan Partridge-themed podcast pilgrimage to Norwich. Podcast um, pilgrimage? Did I say podcast? Yes. Stag do. Stag do. He a went on a stag do. I just want to can't stress just that enough. Just that in for me, yeah. I went on a stag do. Uh, we'll edit that. It's fine. You yeah. were briefly mindless. Uh, Jed. Can you make a note, Jed? Yeah, make Thanks. a note of that, Jed. Jed it point. Um, so, yeah. So I think we've got a uh, short uh, video clip of some of the things I got up to, which I think I'm just going to briefly uh, narrate. Yep. So, yeah. uh, Jed, can we... Run VT, Jed. Roll VT. There it is. There we go. So, so 
What you're seeing here is just some of the things that we ticked off the list. So this was uh, my friend Rich. It was his stag do. Um, it was actually a second stag do. The first wedding, uh, first one didn't work out. It's actually not a joke. That's not a joke. The first one was in Alton Towers. But anyway, the second uh, stag do was in Norwich. So this is very much running around the cloisters of Norwich. He had a head mic on, uh, obviously the shorts. He's eating uh, the mustard. We've seen his nipples. Seen that's, yeah. that's me. I was dressed as Michael. Um, that's do it. Tick in the box, jumping yes. on the bed. Um, chocolate mousse on the face. We also went on the... We also chocolate went orange on, in a nightclub. Chocolate there. orange in it. Yeah. We also uh, went on the Norfolk Broads, um, feeding beef burgers to swans. <laughs> Just ticking I all the boxes, is, is really. Is that cruel? Should you feed beef burgers to swans? I don't know. No, no, no. It's, it's fat keeps them afloat. Okay, great. <laughs> It just works, yeah. yeah. It's fine. Uh, really. So, I, I, yeah, uh, we stayed in the uh, the the local travel um, uh, tavern. Uh, so, I'd highly recommend it if you are thinking about getting uh, married. Why not consider a stag do in Norwich? Oh, and that, oh, yeah. uh, if you want to see the whole thing, it is on YouTube. And on that Norwich-based bombshell, that's the end of part one of our Knowing Me, Knowing Yule special, recorded in front of a live audience at London's Prince Charles Cinema last month. A massive thank you to everyone that bought a ticket and came down. We hope you had as much fun as we did celebrating Alan's Christmas special. We've decided to split the Yule section of the night into two parts, like a giant novelty cracker, just to make it a bit more digestible. Part two is also available to download now, so make sure you carry on listening. Next week, we'll be back with the interview with Simon Greenall, which you won't want to miss if you couldn't make it on the night. Simon was a great sport and extremely funny, so a big thank you to him too. And now, head over to part two. We'll see you there. Monkey tennis? It's knowing me, knowing you with Alan Partridge. And Christ. Monkey tennis? Please, please don't take my chat away from me. The crackers on fire above the pool! Monkey tennis? My house is open, my mock-up house. Monkey tennis? That is, that is a very nice action. Oh, pardon. Monkey tennis? 300k. 300k I will take it to Sky. Three years ago, hobnobs were probably the number one biscuit. Oh, ho, ho, ho! Monkey tennis? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.